This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. A reminder, we've got mean text coming up in about 45 minutes, so you still have some time to get creative. 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Lefko, how have they been doing? You've been keeping an eye on these. Yeah, doing pretty well. Now, whenever you say this, inevitably, you'll take my words and say, well, they need to be more coming in at Lefko. So. I, I never say more need to be coming in at Lefko. You just make that assumption because I asked you that I'm directing them towards you. Now, there, when you say this... Now, now, see, now you're you're playing the victim. They're probably going to come at yeah, you. I know. It's like when, <laughs> when Dave kind of relishes it. So, But to be fair, because we have a guest, and he doesn't usually arrive for this segment, most have been at Ryan Roland Smith. And though that'll be entertaining. So That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> see, Please send more he's at Ryan Roland Smith. He's not bothered by him. I'm not bothered either. Yeah. So send, send him in. Uh, we're, we all have thick skin Oh, wait. Here. I, don't, I don't know about the hidden ones you have either. So... There could, oh, be, yeah, Adam could Ray. be some good ones about me there. Adam, they, yeah. Adam sent me an email. <laughs> yeah, with, that's with yeah. Shots at all three of us. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> as long as, because when you said, oh, yeah, I have them, they're like secret ones that are being sent to you directly. I'm like, oh, no. And then when you open your phone, you looked at them, like, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's preparing. I am. He's yes. preparing for the onslaught from Adam. Yeah, I kind of like when we have a, a guest. It's a subject of mean texts. We've had that a couple times. You like that the attention's taken away from you and. Thrown onto him? Yeah, maybe. No, but you can get some uh, creative ones because you don't usually have someone outside of the three of us that are, that are the recipient of them. So yeah. nice yeah. to get some new laughs. Some people really trying to go hard on the Australia thing, and some are kind of missing. Some some you may have to explain. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten it. Yeah, some I'm, I'm not getting, so you might have to explain. Yeah, you look, you can go hard. It's usually the hyphenated name, the glasses, Australia. Keep it coming. I've heard it all. The glasses. I don't even really remember you with glasses. Yeah, I used to wear People people still who I've run into like, oh, yeah, you used to wear the glasses. And I was like, oh, man, really? Were yeah. they big? Were they? No, just regular Oakleys. My sisters hated them. Like some people <laughs> like, oh, yeah, glasses are cool. And I was a little self-conscious about it. I'm not going to lie. But one Christmas, my sister Stephanie, big shout out to Steph who's listening in Australia. No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's not. But she's like, hey, you got to get rid of those glasses. They look ridiculous. You know, so one Christmas we got contacts and, and just in and out, in and out. Like I just couldn't touch my eye with the contacts. Finally, right. I got it. Boom. And then I went from contacts, got the LASIK. Yeah. I'm good to go. I can't believe I pitched in those glasses. Because when I play pickleball, because I'm playing the high level, I actually wear clear, those clear glasses, like the racquetball glasses. Because I'm playing at a high level. Does that scare you? Does that scare you? I'll be laughing too hard on the court. <laughs> Do you see? You picture him coming in. He's got all the gear. He's got these goggles yeah. on, sweatband around his head. My, my hitting partner is that good, that high level. Your wife is your hitting partner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have to. I have to wear the clear glasses. It's too dangerous. Do you have a lot of armbands? I got six. Yeah, <laughs> you just get really sweaty. Yeah, I, well, just yeah, you know, my racket. It's. Uh, you're not going to correct me? My paddle? <laughs> he was teeing you up. I was teeing you up. I know. You said it a couple times already. I let it go. I got to see this match. I am going to – I got to tell you, if you lose to him, it's going to be a top. Oh, it's, man. You're not going to be able to live that one down. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That one, if, uh, if he does have this wicked shot he's talking about and you're just like, I don't know what to do with that thing, <laughs> it's going to be a topic. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what it could possibly be. There's the nothing that, that scares me. Yeah. Well, put it this way. So, again, I, I have had a couple reps against Amanda and some other people, and every time I do the shot and they just cannot return it, 
I say, I said, that's gonna, that's the shot that's going to beat Lefko. I say it out loud every time. I'm telling you. You're going to be blown away. I like these. I'm wearing goggles because I'm playing at such a high level. <laughs> that's awesome. I just like to think of you muttering that and then like going home, writing it in a journal over and over again. This is the shot. This I, is the shot. I, I'm not joking. This is the you shot. Know, I like to, I'm obviously, I don't wear glasses when I play. Like I don't wear the clear glass, the rackable yeah, glasses. Yeah, you got LASIK. We've heard the ads. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. But I do, <laughs> that is legit. I do mutter to myself, that's the shot that's going to beat Lefko. I'm telling you. <laughs> Seriously. That is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's got to happen. We got to make it happen. Yes. We could probably get this sponsored. I don't know. Well, someone offered on, we on, the, on the text line. around it, yeah. Someone offered a sponsorship and to provide orange oranges. Mm. Orange, orange slices. <laughs> yeah, orange slices. Yeah. <laughs> right. I bet if we live streamed a little of this, it would get some viewers. Some. You know, five, ten. But. Yeah. You are. <laughs> well, then we could get Egan to play the winner of you two. Cause he's, no, he's he, would, he would destroy us. Would he? He is ridiculous. Who's that? Chris Egan? Egan. He's like literally one yes. of the best to ever play in this state. Well, he offered to um, coach me. Actually, oh, yeah? we were okay. doing a little. Tw- you and I were doing a little Twitter battle at the end of the season, and he was legit. He wasn't messing around. There's a lot of people messing with me, whatever, and yeah. probably messing with with Left Girl as well. But he was legit. He, he it, I think this is like a direct message. That, what does that tell you? Like yeah. that's serious. He yeah. wants to see. Yeah. Egan. He's like, hey man, I can help you out. Yeah. I'm like. Man, I need to take him up on this. Wow. All right. Yeah. Let's get this going. I want to see it. this battle. That's great. <laughs> I'm wearing these glasses because I play at such a high level. <laughs> Can you imagine out there on the pickleball court with these glasses? I just want to see him show up just oh, geared man. up. Just, oh, yeah. Just, just sweatbands. All the gear, and, no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just looking. To, you're going to dress the part. I love it. All right. Well, back to the Mariner team here. Are, are there position battles outside of left field? Is there anybody that's battling for a spot outside of that? Well, I think, you know, when you look at it on paper and even when you go on the website, you look and see the depth chart, you see Chris Flexen already, you know, pinned to the bullpen. Obviously, you saw him at the end of the year in the bullpen. I guarantee you, though, 100% knowing him, he's going to get some chances to get stretched out as a starting pitcher. Him and Marco Gonzalez, there's a lot of talk about maybe moving either one of them, you know, to, to clear some space. I think that's going to be a battle. I think Flexen is going into that saying, you know what, every day he goes to spring training, he's like, I'm going to win that fifth spot. Mm-hmm. That's how he feels about it. Marco, the same thing. Because, again, that, that, that's, that's one battle. I know Shannon said you know, earlier when we spoke to her on the phone, you know, she talked about not so much the battles but how everything lines up. There's always battles that, that go on. There's always stuff that may not get you know, publicized. We may not talk about them a lot. Some guys may not even talk about it. I guarantee you ask Chris Flexen, hey, you know what, Whatever, wherever the team needs me, no, no, no. He's telling his little inner circle, he's he's talking about, I'm winning that fifth spot. Who do you feel better with in that fifth spot? Who do you have more confidence in? If it plays out, obviously, where they're both still here at the end of spring training, I think, honestly, I think that Chris Flexen suits the bullpen role with his stuff better. But again, what are you going to do? Then sacrifice a, a rotation spot. But I think Marco Gonzalez has a lot to prove this year as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. I haven't spoke to him and seen what he's done this off season, but I guarantee you, you have Robbie Ray, Luis Ca- Luis Castillo, two young guys in Kirby and and Logan Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Marco's like, you know what? I'm as good as, if not better, at these guys on any given day. I'm gonna I've got a lot to prove this year, and I want to get back to the. Let's not forget, a couple of years ago, he was our opening day starter. How yeah. crazy! He was your top of the rotation guy top, for years, right? So I just think personally for him, he has a lot to prove as well. And so that's a good thing. Hungry. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's not – he just uh, – let's see. He's just turned 31. 
You just turned 31, so he's not an old guy. What is right. the day? Yesterday. Yesterday was his birthday. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. How about that? Just looking that up. But, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he wasn't you, – you look at his numbers from last year. He had a 4-1-3 ERA. The year before, it was 3-9-6. It wasn't a dramatic difference from year to year. Um, you look at his whip the year before, 1.17 to 1-3-3. Uh, it was the year before where he was really good in 2020. Now that was the pandemic shortened season, mm-hmm. obviously. But he had a 3.10 ERA, uh, 0.95 WHIP. He, I mean, he's a guy who's who's just sort of quietly effective. He doesn't dominate anybody. He's not blowing anybody away. He's not striking out guys left and right. Mm-hmm. But he's just sort of quietly solid and effective. He just he's a guy, and you you hear it with all these pitchers. And Robbie Ray talked about it when he was uh, being interviewed by Brock and Salk that. You know, yeah, I would just typically have that one bad inning, and you know, I yeah. gotta get away from that. But I feel like that's true for a lot of these. And Marco's the perfect example of that, where he'll have that inning where they're just hitting everything, they're squaring it up, and he gives up maybe three runs. And you're yeah. like, oh boy. But then you look by the end of the game, he's giving you five and a third, and he's still only giving up those three runs, and he ends up giving you a quality start or something close to it. And, they, and again, not dominating, but. He doesn't. It's it's not often that he goes out there and just kills you. Like, oh, great, he's, he's nah, he just got ambushed, no, no. and he, there's a five spot on the board to open the game. He he's he's still got impact. I guess is my point. He still has yeah. value out there. A lot of people talk about him like, oh, get Marco out of here. He's terrible. He's not terrible. Right. No, no, no chance. Especially for a fifth starter. Especially for a fifth starter. And look again, like as, like we talked about, he was at the top of the rotation, and he had some streaks where he was six seven give give up a run. And it's not 96 with a filthy slider and 10 punch outs, 10 yeah. punchies. But <laughs> no, no, we don't do that. Come on. But, <laughs> but you, you're in a situation where it's efficient, get you deep into a game, and guess what? You get the W. But it's not, like I said, it's not the most electrifying outing. But I think with him, you know, last year was interesting. I feel like he went through this little stretch there where he was really laboring, where guys were really seeing him. There wasn't that sharp little cut fastball in fastball counts. The same thing. So, like I said, going into this year, I think if he can be 100% healthy, Marco's not going to mention when he's unhealthy. A couple of years ago, he was pitching with some discomfort and he just shelved the, the cut fastball because of it. But, man, if he's healthy and he's got a lot to prove, he adds that mile, you know that one or two mile per hour and he's got that that you know cutter up and into righties, mm-hmm. he's going 6-7 with a run or two and that's it, quietly. Yeah. And that's a – Thank you. I'll take that every day. Yeah, you look at him in June last year, which is his best month of the season. Uh, you, you look at what he did. I mean, seven innings, three runs. Six and two-thirds, one run. Seven innings, two runs. Six innings, two runs. Uh, one game he went four and a third, gave up two runs. He, he just he's he does give up some hard contact. He does pitch. To, he's, again, not blowing it by anybody. But you look at him, he's just he's an effective guy. He'll keep you in the game yeah. most of the time. So. For sure. Uh, having him out there, you know, it's it's weird how fans have kind of turned on him a bit. Yeah, they have. But, For, so, but on the on the flip side, so is Chris Flexen. I mean, yeah, he was just like, man, how good is he? Oh, how's he, how good is he? he backed it up. He backed it up. And again, anytime he did have a a clunker, all of a sudden it wasn't it wasn't con, con, uh, continuing. He would figure it out, and five days later, he was back on track. So again, good problem to have. But but you're right, the the, the fans did kind of turn on Marco a little bit. Well, I don't know what that was. It I, was maybe because you got you brought in the Cy Young Award winner and Robbie yeah. Ray, and then you bring in Luis Castillo, and then you've got the two young guys in Kirby and Logan. They all look electric, and then you see Marco up yeah. there at eighty nine, eighty eight, and yeah, he's having a rough inning. And they're, I don't know. I, I think he, he just visually he doesn't match up with those guys. He looks less than, but I, I think he's the ultimate teammate. 
I mean, this is a guy who didn't say a peep about not being in the rotation in the playoff. He told he told service, whatever you need. You want me to come out of the bullpen? Yeah. I'll come out of the bullpen. Whatever you need me to do. I mean, he was just the ultimate team sure. guy. And he's been he's been such a leader, you know, just in that clubhouse with this team. So I'm I'm hoping he's the fifth guy. I think for a fifth starter in this rotation, there I feel pretty solid about that, that he's gonna give you a chance to win most nights. If they if they move him, okay. You know, hey man, he was a he was a heck of a pitcher for this team if if he ends up being moved. But if he's your fifth guy, I don't have an issue with that. I think this rotation, top to bottom, if he's five, is amongst the best in all of baseball. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, and it, and hopefully they can all stay healthy, which I don't know, man. Last year was freakish. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you could speak to that better than anybody. That is freakish to have everybody in the rotation make I mean, once Kirby and Brash switched and Kirby became that guy. Yeah. He brought in Luis later in the season, but nobody missed a start due to injury. It's insane. That doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and and that's where it's – and, again, it's a situation – okay, great, you've got Chris Flexen in the bullpen, but what, what, what happens if you do have that injury and then does, does Flexen fill that void? I mean, you, do you have guys in AAA that you're comfortable to bring up, one of these young prospects we hear about all the time? Mm-hmm. We talk about the, the, the depth – is the one thing that scares me with this team, and even for with some the of the rotation or just depth across in general, the board. In yeah. general, I mean, we've even seen that already. So Taylor Trammell goes down, and we talk about some of the battles. And I love Taylor, so do you. I mean, he, you know, great guy, and he's he's worked out so hard this off season. Um, you want him to be injury free, obviously. He's not he's going to miss what eight weeks, roughly seven to eight weeks, yeah. and then he's got to ramp it back up again. But you you just want it, it already shows, even with that injury. Now it's like, okay, Jared Kelnick, you don't know what you're going to get. We talked about this with Shannon Jarrett earlier. You just don't quite know what you're going to get on that one simple injury at the beginning of spring training. And then obviously he's going to platoon. But the other aspect of this too, when you talk about these battles, that brings out the best in these players. I think Jared Kelnick, you don't want a situation where, oh, here you go, Jared. Everyone's telling you, the media, us, um, Front office, oh, it's your job. No, no, you want him to earn, to earn that. We've talked about that a bunch over yeah. the years with some of these young prospects. You have to be scratching and clawing your way to get to the big leagues for a spot to open up. It's kind of what happened with George Kirby this year. He missed out on that fifth spot last year. Sorry, last year. Matt Brash gets it, and Kirby's like, you know, he doesn't tell us this, but you know it. And he's like, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. I should have yeah. been that fifth starter. And he comes up. And boom, has success. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to have that as opposed to, say, Shed Long, for example. Oh, he's second base, and then he's all of a sudden – the game's hard at the big league level. He struggles. He's like, hold on, I'm supposed to be awesome, and I'm supposed to be a starting second base. (laughs) I'm supposed to be awesome. (laughs) But, you know, that's what happens. I think for Jared Kelnick, there has to be something there just to create – you know, maybe Cade Marler is the the guy who pushes him a little bit. Do you think this the, him being humbled the way that he has? And if it's not, I don't I don't know what will. I mean, he came in with all the hype and spotlight yeah. that Julio came in with, maybe even more. And you know, being sent down, brought up, sent down, not playing. Do you think that's kind of evened him out a bit? Because this is the guy who was mad that he wasn't called up before and said, I know for a fact I could have helped this team last year. Right, yeah. And you're like, I like that confidence, but there's sort of – and he was agitated. It wasn't – there's a difference between being really confident and then just a a level of arrogance to where you're not – it doesn't seem realistic. The thing was, he was making those comments when he had nothing to base it off. Yes. Because you'd never seen how he's going to perform at the big league level. Right. I say this all the time. Double A, there's a little bit of a, sorry, A ball to double A, a little bit of a jump. Double A to triple A, pretty big jump. Triple A to the big leagues, huge jump. 
Yeah. It's hard. There is for so many reasons, and it's pretty evident as to why. So he was saying those comments with nothing to base it on. I think for Jared Kelnick, and this is my point this spring training, has to, you have to put him in a position where, like, no, man, you have to earn this. Yeah. You have to earn this job to get left field. So you go into to the month of April knowing that, you know what, I'm going to get it done. And the other part of this is, too, with, with Jared Kelnick, is a situation where do you know what kind of teammate this guy's going to be when it's not working out for him? And mm-hmm. things aren't going well. We saw a little bit of that. He made those adjustments. We, and we talked about this earlier on the show with Shannon. Some of the things to focus on. The Mariners are so heavy on team chemistry. Mm-hmm. They really are. I yeah. mean, the guys they bring in, the guys they get rid of, and, and everything Winker. else. <laughs> yeah. That's a great – yep. That's a good example. Because Jesse Winker is probably a great guy. You know, he probably gets along with his teammates. But how's he doing when he struggles? When he's – you've seen him. When he's over for 20, what's his, what's his act like in the clubhouse? For Jared Kelnick, all those things in September when he came up, when everything was stripped away about him being this Jared Kelnick and the, you know he's going to be compared to some of these greats in, who wore Mariner uniforms, yeah, right. that's all well and good if you perform. But when you don't perform, how are you? How are you as a player? So you want to create a little bit of that as well with him. I'm just wondering who's really going to push him. You say maybe it's Cade Marlowe with Tramel not being in the mix to start yeah. the season, as you point out accurately. How much ramp-up time is he going to need once he is healthy? Mm-hmm. So maybe we don't see him till you know, the end of March or something. Who knows? In the meantime, you got A.J. Pollock, who's coming off a dreadful year last year. He's 35 years old. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean he can't, you know, regain some of his form. But I kind of got the sense that, you know, they didn't want to play him a ton. It's yeah. just kind of the vibe I got because it was going to – the two young guys kind of battling it out there. You sprinkle in a, a veteran and Pollock. Now maybe he ends up – playing more than you'd otherwise want him to. I don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like there's somebody that's really going to push Kelnick to – it feels like it's kind of his job to lose. Like, I, I, and, again, I, I know it sounds crazy, but when you're talking February 17th, yeah. I don't like a situation where it's, where in his mind he's – I want him to earn it. I want him to come out and, and, and compete so you have a, that, that launching pad going into April. Yeah. And everyone, like I said, we've talked about this with, even when we talked to George Kirby. Every personality is different. For me, when I knew I was on the team, my April was terrible. When I had to fight to get a job, my April was quite was good, you know, because I had that that feeling of like, you know, okay, good. Um, I've had to work hard for this, and and off I go. Everyone's obviously different. I think AJ Pollock. You mentioned him. You, you want him facing lefties, getting what forty percent of the at bats, um, or you know, so facing lefties, but. Man, Jared Kelnick, it's you just don't know what you're going to get. He could solve a lot of problems if he could hit. I know. <laughs> if he could hit at this, yeah. and he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be Julio. Yeah, that'd be great. We would all love it. But yeah. if he could go out there and just be not be that out, where you kind of viewed him up there, like eh, he's going to strike out. All right, there. Yeah. Now he's down 0-1. All right, here we go. Uh, whiff on 0-2. It, it just felt like it was inevitable. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and if he could just get out of that mode of like. All right, this guy's been making some hard contact. Yeah, he's not lighting it up, but he's hitting, I don't know, 245 or something. I don't think that's crazy to expect. I don't think that's a ridiculous number to strive for. I mean, is on base over 300. That'd be nice if you could yeah. get on, you know, a little more than three out of every 10 times up at the plate. So I don't think that, I don't think the expectations, at least for me, are out of this world to where I'd look at him and go, this works because I think he plays really good defense. I thought he played great in right field when Hanniger was out and he was in right field. He was struggling at the plate. And what I appreciated about him, and I've said this before, is that he didn't take it into the field with him. 
because he see he's so intense, and it seems like he could be he could carry his struggles at the plate oh, in yeah, the field. Because sure. really, I didn't think he was great when they had him in center field initially. No, I didn't think he was great. A lot of that was there's a lot on his shoulder. I love watching guys, and I've talked to a lot of friends who that's the biggest battle. They go oh, for three games over, yeah, and you can see it written all over their face on in the field, and it affects their defense for sure. Yeah. I, I, you said it, man. Jared Kelnick, it's amazing the expectations, how much they've changed from when the kid was in double A. Right. They were getting traded over. But he could solve so many problems for this team. If he could somehow just, again, everyone, every personality is different. Enjoy being a big leaguer. Go in and just let let your talent just do its thing. Yeah, uh, and, and and be part of that. I assume he's going to be toward the bottom of the lineup. Be be somebody who can be on base when Julio comes up because I don't love Julio in the leadoff spot, not because he's not good at it, because I think you're you're kind of killing his opportunities to do damage. Because if the bottom yeah. of the if the bottom of the order is going to be struggling the way that it has, how often is he going to come up with nobody on and right. the pitcher's going to be able to work around him? I'd rather he's your two or three hitter or the bottom of your lineup is pretty productive, whether they're getting on with walks, hits, however yeah. they get on, that he's coming up with traffic on the base path. That's what I want. I don't, I'd prefer they had a traditional leadoff hitter and could move him down a little bit. I know For they sure. want to get him the extra at bat yeah. and all of that. How do you feel about him in the leadoff spot? I, I don't mind it. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of, it's a situation, and you talk about stealing bases or being more aggressive away from power numbers. Mm-hmm. Like any um, element of his game, Julio that's away from power numbers, you're like, okay, if they're going to allow him to steal bases, take extra bases, do some of those little things, sure, I like him in the leadoff spot. But what you're going to see from Julio Rodriguez is, and we talked about this with the bigger bases and everything else, I think they're going to gradually shut down his running game. He won't be as aggressive on the bases. Uh, Therefore, you'd like to see him slide down the lineup a little bit. If he is going to be aggressive on the bases, sure, have him in that leadoff spot, get all the at-bats, everything else. But um, but you're right, and and that's talking about that seven eight nine in the lineup for the Mariners it was all it was been for the last two years. It's been a bit of a sore spot, that is for sure. And you always and it was a situation where I said a couple of years ago, if JP Crawford slides down in the nine hole, that means you've got some depth. But yeah. then JP you know, started to struggle a little bit as well. So <laughs> it goes back to it. Jared Kelnick shows up, and that's a big if. You, it, a couple of things that obviously the the the, the depth piece the, the the who your left fielder is yeah he'll maybe start hitting lefties again if hitting against and Pollock doesn't get the same amount of bats or whatever and then you're going to solve some problems down the bottom of that lineup for sure yeah give some opportunities yeah. for Julio there so yeah boy he could he could do a lot of good he could do a lot <laughs> of good all right coming up George Kirby has a couple of big goals for this season we'll talk about those coming up it's Wyman and Bob with Ryan Roland Smith in today this is Seattle Sports Station on seven ten. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we got mean texts. So you still have a little bit of time if you want to get creative with it. 866-979-3776. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. So uh, get those in. We'll do that in about 15 minutes from now. And don't pick on Lefko. He's worried we're going to drive all the attention his way. You can throw it at me. Throw it at Ryan. We'll, we'll take it. Uh, but a few we, have uh, come in about Wyman too. Oh, they're just they're taking shots. He's not even here. Taking shots at Wyman, not here to defend himself. He's out there. What, that, is, what is he doing? Digging around in the yard? What, who knows what he's doing today? Was, no, that, what, was, doing was that a plus six one number? 
That's the area code for Australia. That was actually me. There's like four or five. <laughs> Smashing one. He's over here sending mean texts yeah. himself. Ryan's great. You two, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you two knuckleheads. Uh, we we talked to George Kirby earlier in the program. In case you're just tuning in, that conversation is on the podcast page after the show at SeattleSports.com. But good to catch up with him. He was phenomenal last year. But he he talked about. One of his goals this year, coming into this season, I think he threw, what was it, about 130 innings last year? I think yeah, something if, like that. If I remember correctly, I think that's what he uh, what he threw last year. But here here he is talking about a new pitch that he's working on as well as innings. Last of the year I had, just throwing 100 more innings than I did the year before. I just had to really focus on recovering and uh, getting my body right for this year. So that was the main focus. You know, like always, I'm, I'm always trying to improve my command, so doing drills for stuff like that um working on a new change up something a little more depth maybe go swings and misses but yeah just kind of keep and keep on commanding the baseball and uh kind of doing my mo so i'm gonna try and keep doing that as best as i can 100 more innings than he'd thrown the year before yeah you remember too around the all-star break they said uh they optioned him down not to option him down but basically skip a stop and then the conversation was around they're going to start limiting his innings and and you know sort of regulating his starts but he was just performing. I mean, he could. He was too good. He was too good. And yeah. he was too efficient. And so all of a sudden he's going, yeah, 100 pitches, stress-free for about half of them. And he's going seven innings. You couldn't. I mean, and then all of a sudden in the playoff run. So, man, he was good last year. But it, it, it is a huge toll. He's, he's so young. you got to remember, you know, look, he's 24 years old. He went from throwing you know, 100. He, he threw 100 uh, more innings. So it's important. You've got to take that time afterwards. Do you feel that toward the end of the season, especially as you, I don't know how many innings you were throwing when you were first breaking into the big leagues, but is that is that kind of a shock to the system? Like, man, I've never pitched this much in my life. And yeah, it is. You, you start feeling it. He said he felt good. He said he felt yeah. fresh at the end of the year, and he certainly looked like it in the in the playoffs. But you start to see guys labor a little bit. You start to see teams August into September. But let's not forget, this is the first time really. Well, not the first time in the year prior to that, but some of these players, the first time they had a chance to get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. their first time in the big leagues, so they're in a nice little rhythm. So some of these things propelled them. You do feel it, though, in October. You know, when, when you when it's all said and done, you're like, usually I'm going to be picking it up here to, to, to get going again. Not that you have to take extra time off. You just have to make little tweaks to, yeah. to, to make sure you can get through next year. And that's the other thing, too. These guys didn't play deep into the playoffs. If you had a George Kirby that was pitching deep into October, into November, then all of a sudden, or Logan Gilbert or whoever, mm-hmm. or any of these guys, you see the toll. They call it the, the, the playoff hangover the next year. You see the toll it takes. I've talked to guys who have pitched into the World Series before, and they're like, man, you feel it. It takes yeah. a lot longer, and all of a sudden spring training comes on you quick, and it can really affect you. Now, would, would, you, uh, would you baby your arm during the season? Like between starts, would you never – pick things up with your left hand or I'm not going to, I'm not going to lift any, I'm not going to lift my suitcase without lift it with my other arm. And I'm going to open the door with this arm. I picture you just treating that arm like gold. I'm not going to do anything until my throw day until I start. You, 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 there's a lot of times where you get these like feelings in your elbow and shoulder and you just keep messing with it. And I've, I've had some, what do you mean messing with? Like like, touch, like touching it, like and pushing around in there oh, okay. or like moving your wrist around or, You'd always see guys sitting on the plane and they're constantly just kind of messing with their elbow because you, here's the thing. You're never 100%. Like you, you, everyone just 
when you're watching on TV, and sometimes I get suckered into this, when you're watching someone pitch or warming up for a game, you're like, oh, man, the ball's coming out great. You're never quite 100%. You roll into each start with maybe something just niggling a little bit. It could be your knee. It could be whatever. And you just have to you have to power through it. Now, I, had a, I had a situation in 2008 early in the year. I didn't want to get sent down, right? I was one of those players that if I started to struggle, they're just going to you know, ship me back to AAA in two seconds. I couldn't even play catch in the afternoon. That's how much my elbow was killing me. I didn't want to say anything. Right. I just wanted to power through it. My velo dipped. But I worked you through You wouldn't it. even tell the trainer or I anything. Wouldn't tell, I wouldn't say anything because I'm like, oh, they're going to get an inkling now. They're going to be like, the minute you start struggling, if they, don't, if they don't put me on the on the IL, they're going to send me down. And I was pitching well with it. So I was like, I didn't want to lose that momentum or anything. But you, as a starting pitcher, you throw that 100-something pitches, the next couple days – you're not in good shape, man. You're, yeah. you're struggling. And then by day three, okay, now you start getting ready. You get into day four. Then next day you're pitching again. It just comes up on you quick. It's tough. Man. Well, and then you don't even take into – like we'll look at the box score at the end of a game and, oh, he threw 100 pitches or he threw 96 pitches or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're not counting the pitches you were throwing in the bullpen before right. the game. We're not counting the pitches during the warm-ups. We're not counting the throws to first base. Mm-hmm. And granted, they're not all the same intensity, but you're still throwing the ball. Yeah, for you're sure. Throw, I mean, so – between the moment you start warming up in the bullpen, how the first time you throw the ball to the end of the night, all the warm-up pitches, everything, you've probably, I don't know, what, what are you throwing, 170 pitches yeah, or something? Yeah, you throw a lot. And the other thing, too, I used to get really nervous or I didn't get a feel for my breaking ball. I used to freak out, so I used to keep throwing it in the bullpen where I had to learn, hey, I can't. No matter how I feel, I've just got to limit the amount of pitches before because once you take those dollars out of your bank account, yeah, they're, they're gone. The one thing, though, he talked about that new pitch, and you hear Robbie Ray talking about throwing change up. the changeup, which is a situation, I think, with, with George Kirby. If you're coming into this and it's like this pitch where it's going to be your out pitch, then all of a sudden the thing I worry about, even with Logan Gilbert and Robbie Ray, you hear about them trying to mess with their changeup a little bit, especially Robbie Ray throwing a split. What happens is it takes away from your priority to work on your pitches that have worked for you in the years past. Mm-hmm. 2010, I went into spring training, and they were hell-bent on me throwing a cut fastball. Oh, I, just I thought you were going to say knuckleball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish. But, <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That looks good. But So they're like, oh, you got you got to develop this pitch. And I tried. It took up so much of my attention. I couldn't work on other pitches. The other thing is when you add a pitch – you don't quite know when to throw it in counts because mm. your confidence level isn't quite there. You've never really done it, or if you change that Just grip. hasn't been part of your routine. No. So I was trying to throw this cut fastball, and the movement was good on it. The velocity was not good on it. And I kept trying, and it just it took up so much of my time. And I went into April. I remember going into April going, I just don't feel ready because I was putting so much attention and focus on this cut fastball, which never was going to work. Did you throw it in a game? My first start of the year was actually opening day here in Seattle, and I'm throwing it warming up. I'm trying to remember who was catching. I went. I walked up and said, "Hey, cut the fastball." I know I've been working on for six weeks. Done. Don't, I'm not don't throwing call it. it. Don't yeah. Call and then Rick Adair, the pitching coach, is like, oh, "Hey, man, um, yeah, you throwing that cutter at all?" Or? I'm like, "Oh, yeah, there just hasn't been time to throw it yet." I'm like, "I'm not throwing it. No chance." And that was it. I wasted all this time. I remember that. It was. It was. You didn't even didn't even try to incorporate it. No, and and that's why, like, yeah, you know, for Robbie Ray, who's trying to get that feel of the fastball inside, you just got to be you know, careful of if you put so much emphasis on trying to develop that pitch, it does take attention away. You only get what five outings where you get a chance to face hitters. Yeah, that's the important thing. These guys know what they can do physically. 
But how do you how do hitters react to you? That feeling sixty feet away, that battle, you only get X amount of reps. So it is interesting to see, you know. But again, the technology they got these days, man, yeah, they can tell you so much more than you know stuff we had. Yeah, <laughs> you were looking at Polaroid pictures, going, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I can tell by this shot here. Let's see the next one. Yeah, yeah. arm slot different here. All right, coming up, last chance to get them in. Mean texts are coming up, 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. We will unveil your venom. Coming up next with Wyman and Bob, Ryan Roland Smith in for Wyman. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Here it is, everybody, how we close out every week here with Wyman and Bob. We got Ryan Roland Smith in. You guys send us mean texts throughout the week. For those that are new to the program, you say mean things. You text them in, and we decided let's unveil them. Let's share them with everybody, as long as there's some creativity to it, rather than, oh, you guys suck. The song does bring me down, I will say. <laughs> I'm not going to start you know, making demands here, but you know, it's usually a fun thing. They hear the song, I'm like, oh, man. Well, some of them can be hurtful. Yeah, fair it enough. It can be hurtful. Fair enough. Like, like this, this one. Yeah. I'm easily hurt. It, it could be in. the same one. It's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, do 206. It. Yep, that's it. says, Go Bob, have you ever considered getting an athlete to co-host the show when Dave is out? <laughs> I like it. That's solid. That got me right away. I like yeah. it. Was that uh, that wasn't a certain pickleball player? Was it right from the? Um, Not that I'm aware yeah. of. No. Interesting. That's uh, interesting. No, this is. <laughs> that's, this I like that a, one. This could be another pickleball. Uh, not from me, but maybe it's another 206 one. Ryan, glad to hear your pickleball game is at a high level. Wish the same could be said about your pitching. Oh, oh. I was waiting for that. Listen, it's 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 an easy target. I've had a few people on the text message. Someone said, oh, someone mentioned something about um, stakes, RBIs in 2010 <laughs> or something like that. And I just said, yeah, 675 ERA. <laughs> that was my last year in Seattle. Brutal. Six, Guess seven, what? Five. I was out of there. I was with the Houston Astros after that. Not the Houston Astros you've seen lately, the bad Astros as well. There you go. Got a couple from Adam who's in Chicago doing Uh-oh. shows. Oh, so he uh, sent us some emails. says, Ryan looks like he came out of the womb and challenged his doctor to a push-up competition. <laughs> uh, Bob and Ryan together looks like if Bert and Ernie took steroids. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Lefko has the eyes of a guy who says, how much for extra toe stuff? <laughs> Creepy. Yeah, Creepy. Ooh. All right, well, let's move on to Dave. There are yeah. a couple about Wyman. So there, there are a lot about Ryan's pitching, but we can get back to those. Uh, 425 says, <laughs> mean text about Dave is like hitting a punching bag filled with feathers. Just doesn't feel the same. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. One more Wyman? Okay, sure. We'll do, we'll do one more Wyman and then move on here. Uh, 509 was listening to the show the other day, and I thought I heard my bulldog snoring behind the couch. Turns out it was just Dave breathing into the microphone. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I like it. When we're on the headsets, I don't. I I don't think he's aware of it, but it happens a lot. We'll get people texting in. Who's breathing into the (laughs) microphone? (laughs) And it's, yeah, Dave's. He's a heavy breather. Sometimes you'll hear it. So, uh, let's see this one from the five oh nine. Ryan will get this being Aussie. He says, or she says. I hope I do. Yeah. Ryan's the kind of cheap guy that would buy a package of Tim Tams and then try to return it because he only wanted to eat just one. So Tim Tams, I get it. So Tim Tams is a staple in the Australian, I'm going to say diet. In the, so it's a, basically it's a chocolate biscuit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the 
gosh, doesn't sound right. Well, yeah, I guess what do you guys call it? A cookie? cookie yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah, we call oh, cookies. cookies. Ch- chocolate Bicky. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 and by the way, listen, and this is from exper- recent experience. I got uh, sent a little care package from a good friend in Australia with a couple pa- box, um, couple packets of Tim Tams. And there's a good, what, and this person can correct me here, there's a good 20 in the pack. Okay. I'm not stopping at one. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I know Adam Ray said, oh, yeah, it looks like, you know, Burton only's been doing steroids. He hasn't seen me stand up, obviously, packed <laughs> on a few pounds over the winter. And I, I, I'll put a whole packet, a whole packet of Chalky Bickies to sleep, I'll tell you right <laughs> Chalky now. Chalky Bickies. <laughs> I think that's a short version. Is, oh, no. is that like okay. calling Ernie's and Punchy's Bickies? Yeah, for, yeah, Bickies, uh, biscuits. Chalky Bickies. Bickies. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Ooh. Uh, 425, my deepest condolences to Bob for feeling emasculated earlier by that Ohio State guy. If only you could just bench press your way to a deeper voice. <laughs> Man, that guy had some pipes, huh? He did. Yeah. That was impressive. And again, I, you could see how I steer clear of asking a question. <laughs> right. I just say, but I will say, I was sitting here going, Man. I don't know what he was talking about, but the voice just got me. <laughs> yeah, you're, no clue what you're saying, man, but it's impressive. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it up. I was like, yeah. I think I'm pressing the uh, turning the mute button off and asking him, how do you get such a voice? <laughs> uh, let's see another one from uh, Adam Ryan doing an American accent is like Lefko producing the show. It's fine, but you wouldn't pay to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. He says Ryan is the Australian version of Crystal Clear Pepsi. I'm not familiar with Crystal. Yeah, Clear I remember. Pepsi. I remember that Crystal. Yeah, Clear, that was a big bad. deal. I, I haven't. Awful. I haven't had a. It was a big deal. Do you remember really? that? Back in, it was back in the nineties. Yeah, deal. best, day, best decade of, of history. It, it was. It wasn't good, but it's kind of cool to drink Clear Pepsi. I guess maybe that should bring it back. Maybe that can be with the sponsor the, of the, the pickleball match. Bickies. There we go. Tim, Tim Tams Tim Tam, and Clear Pepsi can can sponsor the the pickleball match. I feel like that's a mean text in there. Chalky Bickies. No, that's who would sponsor our, oh, our yeah. pickleball match. Some clear Pepsi. Uh, Adam says, Bob and Ryan look like they commentate hacky sack on ESPN 15. <laughs> hey, speaking of, speaking of, I swear, and I wish I could pull it up. I'm watching vo- beach volleyball back in Australia, and these dudes are commentating shirtless, right? Oh, the commentators oh, were shirtless. God, I'm like, what is this? Oh, yeah. It was like, it, it would have I'm telling you, it's the same dudes probably do a hacky sack or something like that. It was legit. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Well, you've, you've covered up your shirt, but your shirt says Crikey. Yes. If you want to show crikey. it off at the stream there. Oh, yeah. Okay, so crikey. 509 says, Ryan Roland Smith said Crikey a lot in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the one. Yeah. How did I respond? I responded to that. Oh, Look that at was the- a 6.75 ERA. Yeah, 6.75. <laughs> that was my ERA in 2010. I did say Crikey a lot in 2010. <laughs> Uh, here's somebody going going with Australian stuff here. Mean text. Ryan, I haven't seen a more washed-up Australian nag since I lost my last $100 on Mac- Maccabee Diva at the Ballarat Turf Club. Wow. I don't know what any of that is. He's going deep. Ballarat is a city in uh, Victoria in Australia. And a nag, if you're nagging someone, you're just being in the wing. Like, oh, stop nagging me. Okay. You guys don't say nag in, in the States? Well, yeah, you say, yeah. I didn't, but I did this, yeah. and then it's Ty and Paul's bow followed with its Australian horse racing reference. If that helps, there you go. Yeah, horse I racing away from is that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's big in Australia. It's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, okay. It used like to be. It used to be back ones. in the day. Okay. I don't know if it still is Melbourne Cup. I don't know if it's still as big as it was when I was a kid. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We got a. There's a, one from Adam says Ryan has the face of a guy who would scare Salk into giving him his cargo shorts, and while Salk uttered 
but what about my string cheese? Ryan would eat the cheese and then pretend to ride off on a motorcycle making the vroom sound as he walked away. <laughs> By the way, I have to show you guys. There is a, there's like a novel that was sent in. I mean, I don't have time to read it all. It's a good one, though. So okay. We can read it after the show ends, but it's kind of mean text-ish. Just way too long, but appreciate the effort. So we're not going to read that one, the text you sent it okay. in, but it is much appreciated. We'll read a, a short one like this instead. 360, Ryan Roland Smith's worst inning ever was the last hour of this show. Oh! oh. <laughs> nice. Fair enough. Well done. The last hour. Yeah, it was a rough hour, I guess. I'm sorry, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> oh, I think I just yeah. clicked on the, the... My goodness. It's a novel. Yeah, it, brevity is key with these. We can't, we can't read something. It's captivating. I mean, it's gripping, but you, you can't read it. Goodness. Do the whole hour devoted to it. Uh, let's see. Dave is the is like Leslie Nielsen. He's never really surely, never certain about anything, and his drag name might be Shirley. <laughs> All right. No, that's from the two hundred six. Jeez. Oh, uh, Seth in Fresno says, "What's bug and hyphen?" Lefko. Oh, <laughs> so both, to the point. Yeah. See, that's the brevity we're looking for. There you go. There we go. Scouring for a couple more. Yeah, I'm trying to. Some of these are long. Yeah, yeah. Some of these need to need to be just a little bit shorter. Um, well, I guess you. I forgot what the context was, but I guess Bob, you said struggling to regain your form in regards to something. So Matt Mercer Island texted in and said, "Bob, once you get to a certain age, struggling to regain your form is just normal, perpetual state of being." Take Wyman, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Bob, if you ever make it into a gym, work on your shoulders. Your shirt fits weird. Wow. Okay. I, I have to. I tend to agree. Every time I look over, I'm like, man, if you could just put a little bit more work into the shoulders, some shoulder press flies. <laughs> I've been I've been slacking in that area apparently. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Wyman's not there. That's why there's less idiocy than normal. You guys make Brock and Salk look like geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wow! Shot at everybody. There you go. It's a good one to end on. I did see a little bit of a spike in my career, ripping on my career, which is an easy target. <laughs> I, I feel like it's piling on as I read through these. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I love it. Don't yeah. take yourself too seriously. You'll feel better afterwards. And yeah, then this enough. one, this this will be the one we end on. Because Dave, Dave likes it when somebody just is simple and just says, bleep yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> since I can't send my weekly bleep you, Dave, bleep you, Bob. There you go. <laughs> so there we go. We'll end on that note. Good stuff from you guys. We do that every single week if you're new to the program. So, uh, you know, if you didn't get in this week, get creative. Keep them a little shorter. That, I mean, some of these were really long that we didn't. Some are creative. We Adam did. Ray, man, he's got too yeah. much spare time on his hand, hands, apparently. Yeah, yeah, in between shows out there in Chicago. So there you go. Our, our appreciation <laughs> to him. Coming up, we'll hear more from George Kirby about his offseason and plans for this upcoming season. That's next. It's Wyman and Bob with Ryan Roland Smith. And this is Seattle Sports Station on 710.